Because I had always sworn that I would never say the things my father said. And before I realized what I was doing, out of my mouth comes, don't make me stop this car. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I've become my father. <laughs> well, let me just go buy a couple of Hawaiian shirts and a lawn trimmer. TV weatherman Al Roker. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Not all of the funny people on TV are comedians. Some of them are TV weathermen. Take NBC's Al Roker, for instance. Al Roker has been a fixture on the Today Show for many, many years. Does a great job forecasting the weather, but he also tells great stories, has great one-liners, and he's a terrific guy to meet in person. I met him in 2000 when he wrote a little book about being a father, and especially being a father of children several years apart. But as you're about to hear, it wasn't all jokes and humor. Al Roker had some serious and poignant things to say about fatherhood as well. So here now, from 2000, Al Roker. People start by saying, you know, that's a funny story, or that's interesting, and rarely is it really interesting or funny. But I had been keeping a journal. I've always kept journals uh, when we were trying to adopt my daughter, when we were trying to get pregnant. I keep a daily journal on my website, roker.com. And somebody saw some of these and thought, you know, and said, you know, this this would be a book. And I thought, oh. So I took it around to a couple of publishers and, and the folks at Scribner, the fine, fine folks at Scribner, got really excited and said, we really think this would be a neat book. And so uh, I came up with the book. And, and the title is is basically a tribute in a way to my dad because he used to say this to us. We had a 1967 Ford Country Squire station wagon, and, and we had, there were six kids, and my, my mom did not drive. So he drove up a New York City bus eight hours a day, then he'd have to come home and drive six kids and a nagging wife in a Ford Country Squire station wagon. And we would, of course, start acting up, and he would finally go, that's it! Don't make me stop this car! <laughs> now, the difference is, when I say it, First of all, when I said it, I realized, because I'd always sworn that I would never say the things my father mm -hmm. said. Always swore that. And then my daughter, Courtney, was in the back with a couple of her cousins. And before I realized what I was doing, out of my mouth comes, don't make me stop this car. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've become my father. <laughs> well, let me just go buy a couple of Hawaiian shirts and a lawn trimmer, and, uh, and I'm set, and we'll just complete the transformation. Uh, the difference between when I say it and when my dad used to say it was we were actually afraid of my father. So that, uh, uh, it, it carried, the threat carried more heft because the ancillary part to that was, I'm going to pull over and I'm going to start dropping you off one by one. I still have three brothers I've never seen. I don't know. I last saw them in 72 and that was it. I think the phrase for me was, turn that down. That's right. In fact, I now say that automatically when I come into the house because Courtney, who is now 13, has the, I mean, and, and I've got an 18 month old. So now I'm between huggies and hormones. So it's a, it's a very bizarre place. You know, we're in the truck and there's a fight. Okay. Do I play Barney or Brandy? You know, is it TLC or Teletubbies? I don't, you know, and, and Courtney's just really upset that she's got to listen to this baby music. And of course, Leela could care less what she's listening to. But, but whatever happened to this rule that whoever's driving gets to control what's on the radio? Well, that used to happen. But now, see, the difference is when we were kids, you had two or three preset buttons. But even when you hit them, they never quite landed on the station. <laughs> so you had to kind of fine tune it. Now with digital radios, kids, you know, there are eight presets and there are two FM 
So you got like 12 stations you can do. So my daughter can go through six stations in 10 seconds, you know. And out of those six, odds are in sync is on three of them. You know? <laughs> bye, 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 go on, bye, bye. No, stop it. No, I can't listen to it again. Now I know what my father was going through. I mean, we would, we would hear the Beatles, All You Need Is Love, 18 times in an hour. And, and because back then in the days of, you know, contemporary radio, there was the power rotation. Mm-hmm. And so a popular song could be played three, four times in an hour. Well, it's the same way now with Backstreet Boys. And Courtney asked me, she said, so dad, who do you think's better? Uh, the Backstreet Boys, In Sync, LFO, or 98 Degrees. What, there's a difference? <laughs> I think it's the same group. They just, you know, change hair color and, and costumes. I've never seen them all in the same room at the same time. Uh, see, have you? I think we're onto something here, Bill. I really do. <laughs> now, we should tell readers at this point that, I mean, this book is hilarious, as, as you know, as we've just been talking right now, but uh, this book is so much more than that. When I got this book, I first thought, when I started, before I started reading, I figured, ah, a book of jokes about being a dad. But there's a very, this is the first, whole first half of this book is a very poignant story that you tell. Well, you know, we, uh, we tried to get pregnant on our own. My wife, Deborah Roberts of, of ABC's mm-hmm. 2020. And we got pregnant and uh, we had a miscarriage. And, and it was the first time I had dealt or knew anybody that had a miscarriage. I mean, personally, I mean, uh, uh, most of our friends just got pregnant or so we thought. We didn't know that there were miscarriages. And in researching this, finding out that uh, depending on the survey, it's either one in four or one in five pregnancies end in miscarriage. And so that was, that was devastating. I mean, that was a, a real loss. I mean, I, I, I thought, well, I, I don't know if we can do this again because I couldn't suffer this again. And then we decided to go through infertility treatments or fertility treatments because I had a problem with, with, with sperm count. And, and a lot of people said, wow, you, you put a lot of stuff in here that, you know, maybe you shouldn't have put in. And I, uh, my feeling is as, as couples are waiting longer to have children, they're discovering that, hey, it's not, as easy as you think. You know, I mean, my folks, by the time my dad was 38 and my mom was 36, there were six kids in our family. It, You know, now, I mean, look, I'm 46 years old with an 18-month-old. It's a, it's a lot different. We're waiting longer. And, mm-hmm. and you know, your fertility goes down the more your age goes up. It's just a law of nature. So I think a lot of people are going to have to deal with this. And so I wrote a lot about this because I wanted people to come away with the fact that, look, there's nothing wrong with looking for some help. And even if you go the other route, which I did with my, my, uh, my previous wife, Alice, and I, we adopted Courtney. And adoption is a, is I think a, a great thing. I mean, I have three biological, there are three, in our, our family, there's six kids. Three of us are biological and three of us are adopted or foster kids. And, uh, when you hold that baby, whether for the first time, whether it is, this is an adopted child or a biological child, that is your baby. You know, and when the first time I, I saw Courtney, yeah, I'll never forget it. I mean, it's very akin to the first time I held Leela. And, uh, one of my pet peeves is, uh, when you say to somebody, when somebody says to you, they'll say, Oh, now is this your adopted child or your natural child? Well, well what is that natural? What? So the adopted child is unnatural? <laughs> and they even, I, uh, you know, I did the census and that's how they describe it. They say, when you say, okay, how many children to, uh, bio, uh, they say natural or adopted. Mm. I said natural? Don't you mean biological? Well, it says here natural. I said, well, I'd like you to cross that out and write in biological. Uh, because I, I think all children are natural. I mean, it's a natural, uh, no artificial process. ingredients. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. This is a real kid. 100% real kid. You know, no artificial ingredients. <laughs> but you do have, uh, now, now once we move past the, past the first half and we get into the second half where the actual, 
day to day, the father role really swings into high gear. It, well, it does. And, you know, having a child 12 years apart, children 12 <laughs> years apart is, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real eye opener. Without other kids in between. Without, yeah, with nothing in between. I mean, just the idea, you forget a lot of stuff. Like, for example, I forgot since between Courtney and Leela, when, when your child gets a cold, I forgot how much snot you can get in such a little head. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. They're like little mucus machines. It just, it's like the Ever Ready Bunny just keeps coming and coming and coming. Uh, and, and the technology has changed. Just the, when Courtney was a baby and we took the portable crib, it came in this big sack and it was like launching the shuttle and you know, trying to <laughs> into this and you're trying to, it's like building a tent or a small city. Now you get these 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 uh, portable cribs that literally you kind of like they're like pop ups. You, you kind of mm-hmm. pull it out, lift something up, and boom, there it is. I'm like this is great. Let's have some more just because it's so easy to use. <laughs> it's fabulous. Uh, but I really I I love being a dad. It's it's a I think it's a pretty natural state. Most people want to be parents, mm-hmm. and uh, I I can't imagine not being one. Now between you and Deborah, who who tends to panic more if Leela bumps her head or scrapes her knee? Well, you know, I think I do. Uh, there's what I call the POD, the parent on duty. <laughs> and you don't want anything to happen to your child when you're the parent on duty. Because then, of course, you get the mark against you. You know, you, you like to have the spot. Goes into your permanent record. You're into your permanent record. <laughs> and and Leela fell when she was about uh, 11, 12 months, 12 months because she was kind of walking a little bit. She fell up against the refrigerator while Deborah was out. And, uh, I saw blood and I said, oh my god. And it turns out she just kind of, kind of nicked her gum. But I took her to the, to the doctor that one, it was on a Saturday. And, you know, Leela, after the first three minutes, Leela was fine. But I'm like, no, I've got to check because maybe this is, <laughs> this tooth is driven up into her brain and it's just waiting there. There's an air bubble and her head will explode. I've got to do something. <laughs> And that, of course, Deborah was like, well, I, she, if I hadn't even told her, she wouldn't have even noticed, you know, because <laughs> there was nothing. I mean, I mean, there was no visible mark whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, so I, I guess I panic a little. But yet, on the other hand, uh, when it comes to discipline, i.e., say, if she wakes up in the middle of the night, letting her cry, I'm the tough one. In fact, I've had to hold Deborah down. Uh, because she's trying to make a move into the bedroom and, and of course, because she's thinner than I am, she's faster, but I've got her, once I've got her in bulk, you know, so I can, I, I had to literally pin her down. So it's, uh, uh, we, we trade off in roles. You know, good, good, good cop, bad cop. <laughs> what do you suppose is the best part about being a dad for you? I think, I think at the end of the day, and you look at this child, even now when sometimes I'll look in on Courtney, when she's asleep. And I think, I can't believe I had anything to do with raising this child. I cannot believe when I look in Leela laying in the crib. I mean, it's, it's as close to looking at the face of an angel as possible. I know. It just, I mean, it's completely at, at repose and just, you know, you, I mean, sometimes I'll just kind of, you know, kind of scoot down and listen to her breathe, you know, and just kind of like, hmm. You know, and, and even when Courtney's been driving me nuts and boys have been calling and I'm trying to decide what am I going to do and, you know, is it too late to try to get her into a convent or anything <laughs> like that? I think, you know, this, this is pretty good. This, this is okay. Uh, and, you know, you realize how much parenting has changed. I mean, when we were kids growing up, there was a little corporal punishment involved, you know. I mean, today you would never think of whacking your kids with a belt or anything, but back then it was somewhat acceptable. And my dad, you know, look, every, not that he did it every week, but, you know, every, it was the threat of mm-hmm. the belt. 
You know, my dad could get that belt off in one fell swoop, push back <laughs> from the table, get it unbuckled, pull it out, and make a whip cracking noise, kind of like Indiana Jones, you know. <laughs> And we'd hear that sound and we'd get so worked up we'd pee on ourselves. I mean, you know, just so he never even really had to hit us, you know. He just then he'd thread the belt back, kind of like, another job well done. And my mother's sitting there, she goes, She's upset because she's the one who has to do the laundry. So uh, it was, uh, uh, but you know, it it worked. It worked. Today, you know, you kind of reason with them and and you do whatever. But I, I, I do draw the line. I'm not Courtney's friend, I'm not Leela's friend, I'm their daddy. You know, when you get through college and you're making your own money, then we can be pals. But right now, I'm the dad, you're the daughters. That's the way it works. <laughs> You've got a great chapter in here, too, on the things that kids will say in public. Oh. That uh, parents just would, uh, you just want the, off the floor to open up That's and right. just swallow well, you keep, up. It's like if there's a convenient sinkhole somewhere in the neighborhood, <laughs> could you please open up and take me down now? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. I mean, Courtney... Uh, once when she was about four, uh, opened the door to the bathroom when men are doing what men do, standing up, and looked and said, pointed and said, oh, daddy, what's that? And I was like, uh, well, it's, uh, 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 and my then wife calls down, don't be ashamed, it's the human body, just tell her, the human body is nothing to be ashamed of, and I'm thinking, that's not what you said last night, but that's another story. <laughs> So I tell her, and, and, and Courtney seems satisfied and walks off. I thought, oh, that was pretty easy. So uh, later that afternoon, we're at the A&P, and we're in the checkout line, and there's a woman behind me, and she's waving at Courtney over my shoulder, and Courtney's waving back. And the woman says, you know, your daddy's a big star on TV. And Courtney looks at her and goes, yes, and he has a very big... <laughs> Fill in the blank. And Sinkhole, please yeah, open please up. please open up. Take me now. And, of course, I turn around and I look, and this woman looks like she's just gotten a piece of bad fish, you know. And I said, see, it's, you know, they're so small. It's all relative, you know. <laughs> like that the thing on the rearview mirror, objects are larger than they appear. <laughs> I got the heck out of there really quickly. But, see, the best part about it is, because we all have stories that will curl what little, little hair we still have left. <laughs> You can put them in a book later. Right. Other parents will laugh at them because it happens to everybody. It happens, it happens to everyone. Courtney, in fact, and, and you forget that they're little sponges, little Sony tape recorders. <laughs> uh, she was about two and she's sitting in the back in her, in her, in her car seat. And, uh, you know, look, you know, you're in the car. Sometimes you forget about your language. And, and <laughs> every time somebody would cut me off, you know, I'd hit the horn and say, shoot. Although I wouldn't quite say shoot. And, and cut off, hit the horn, shoot. Well, two weeks later, and we're in the car, put her in the car seat, we're driving, somebody stops short, I hit the horn, and before I can say anything in the back, I hear, shoot. I went, uh-oh, <laughs> Pavlov's baby. Okay. <laughs> Guess I better watch that. Does it matter to, to Courtney that you're on TV every day and no. millions and millions of people see you? You know what? No. It, it's it, What's nice is she's grown up with the same group of kids for the last, gosh, now, you know, she's been with these kids since kindergarten. And up until, I'd say, last year, they really didn't care, even. It was more about, um, you know, I, I mean, I was a class dad. I, I would volunteer, and it was, uh, Courtney's daddy, could you open my yogurt for me, please? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until third grade, Courtney said, so now, Dad, um, you're not going to volunteer anymore, are you? Uh, why, why do you, well, because nobody else's parents are doing that, Dad. 
In other words, you don't want me in your, yeah, that's right. I don't want you in the classroom. And then last year it was, you know, dad, when you come to pick me up at school, you know, none of the parents are getting out of the cars. <laughs> and in fact, they're waiting in the parking lot. I'll tell you what, here's what I'll do, sweetheart. I'll just go by the driveway kind of slow with the door open <laughs> and you can do a tuck and roll into the car. Okay. I'll wear a hood so it'll look like an abduction, which will be even cooler. How about that? Would that work for you? And she just roll her eyes and like, oh, gee. <laughs> because now I'm at the point. See, the only cool thing about dad being on TV is that I get to, you know, I can bring her down for the Friday concerts on the Today Show. Like, NSYNC is going to be on in July. Wow. And she's been very looking forward to that quite a bit. So, uh, that's the only way I was able to get her to actually read the book. <laughs> I told her that there was all kinds of things, tidbits about NSYNC in the book. And she goes, this is a jip. I don't see anything about NSYNC in here. <laughs> You know, I just, you know, this is really, uh, I think, you know, I think dads get short shrift in our society. Uh, one of my pet peeves is when I'll be with Leela or Courtney at work or in the park or wherever. They'll say, so you're babysitting today. Uh, no, I'm her dad. I'm not a babysitter. I'm a parent. Okay. I'm a dad. And in our society, you know, people, it's like, you may as well leave the child with wolves, you know, I mean, rather than leave them with dad. And I think a lot of women make the mistake of, you know, they, this is how they think you should parent. And so, oh, you're doing that wrong. And they rush in and start fussing and futzing and let me do that. And, and so the father kind of, okay, fine, backs off. No, we can do this too. I mean, it may not be the way you want us to do it, but as long as we all get to the same place, Everything's fine. Mr. Mom set us back a generation. Yeah, you know, I can, I can do this. I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. Believe me. You know, you even forget, you, you tend, and then when you think that you've got this thing locked, you forget that other people know how to do it. And Courtney was sick once. We were getting ready to go on vacation. <laughs> and I bring her, she was about six years old, and I bring her over to my parents. And she's got a cold. And I'm thinking, well, maybe we shouldn't go. Maybe. And I'm telling my mother, okay, so then you give her this, and then you give her... She said, whoa, 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 whoa. I raised six of you, and last I checked, you're all still alive. I think I know what I'm doing. Get out. You know, so... Uh, Except for those three you haven't heard exactly. from. Exactly. But they, again, they weren't sick. They just, you know, were dropped off and were picked up by other families, and then everything was fine. But, I, you know, I I mean, I really have a great dad. And, that, and, and that's, I think, fatherhood, if this book shows people anything it's that fatherhood isn't a state that you achieve it's it's a state that is constantly mm -hmm. being perfected it is the journey not the destination exactly you're never going to because my dad said it to me and i never believed him until i got older but then he goes you know what you're always going to be my baby you will all and my mother said the same thing he says you are my firstborn you are always my baby and and that's how I, I, I and now I know what he means. Courtney will always be my baby. And in fact, when when you know Leela was 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 Deborah was pregnant with Leela, and you know Courtney had the inevitable questions. Well, how how can you love the baby and love me the same? I said, well, because Courtney, that's what parents do. Look at Nana and Papa. You know, Aunt Nana loves me and Uncle Chris and Aunt Elisa and Aunt Desiree and Uncle Andrew loves us all the same. You know, and, and that's what parents do. I said, you love your mom, right? Said, well, yeah. And you love me, right? Yeah. Well, it's the same thing, just in reverse. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and I've also learned to say, I'm sorry. I learned that from my dad. My father, unlike a lot of dads, when he was wrong, he apologized. He didn't see it as a sign of weakness. He said, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm sorry. 
And uh, so th- these are all things that I've learned, and I've just tried to pass on. I'm not an expert, Lord knows. Uh, but if, if somebody can glean something out of it from what I've gone through, then so be it. Al Roker announced last week that he's been diagnosed with prostate cancer. He's 66 now, and he's been with NBC for 42 years. Are you new to Now I've Heard Everything? Well, you can find all of our past episodes, seasons one and two, at our website, heardeverything.com. And, of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, we'll mark National Entrepreneur's Day with my 2005 interview with Paul Orfala, the founder of Kinko's. So there are customers online making Xerox copies at USC. I figure, well, why aren't they making copies at UCSB? I didn't have to do a lot of analytical studies. It was emulating somebody else that was successful. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.